Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah, Yeshayahu 14c, the last podcast on this chapter. <coughs> God just told us through his prophet Isaiah how the destruction of Babylon will come about because of their arrogance and their cruelty to their enemies and their lack of respect for humanity and for nature itself. God now declares and turns his attention to the entire world and declares to everyone that Babylon should be a message, that all of his plans will come to be. Do not imagine and do not think that you can somehow avoid the ultimate justice. This lesson is particularly important in a world where when one empire passes, another is always eager to take its place, never learning the lessons of the past. We never learn our lessons, but God is trying to teach us. Nishpa. Uh, we're looking now at verse 24. God has made this, this oath, saying as follows, As I have designed, if this is how it shall be, the way I have planned, this is what will come to pass. I broke Assyria in my land of Israel. On my mountain of Jerusalem, I crushed Assyria. I broke Assyria in my land, and I withdrew the yoke of Assyria from the shoulders of Israel and, um, and removed it. This is, I remember this is referring to what happened in the times of Hezekiah when the yoke of Assyria was taken away from Yehuda miraculously from Judah and the burden of Assyria from their backs. This, God says, is through his prophet, of course. This is what is planned for the entire land, for all of the earth. This is the arm that I outstretch, God says, over all the nations of the world. If God plans something, who can defeat that plan? When God puts out his hand, no one can push it away. Now, Yeshayahu turns his attention to another burden. May I remind you that most commentators understand the term masa, burden, to mean a prediction or a prophecy. And therefore, when, when Isaiah declares his masa, his burden, regarding each of the nations that he is going to address in these chapters, they, trans, uh, they translate it as a prophecy about that particular nation and their fate, despite the fact that the word masa actually means a burden. Before we read the burden of Babylon, I, have I told you that I would interpret the word masa to mean what it actually means, which is a burden. And the word means a burden because Yeshayahu, Isaiah, is addressing the Jews when he tells them about the ultimate fate of Babylon. And it is indeed in the philosophy that Yeshayahu is trying to teach us throughout his book that it is indeed the burden of the Jewish people to carry these messages to the other nations so that they may learn these lessons and not suffer this fate. Just as the Jews tried to carry that message to Babylon. Here, Ishayahu turns his attention to a new nation, 
At first he talked to Babylon, now he is talking to the Philistines, the next nation to whom Ishayahu addresses his attention, and the next nation to whom the burden is borne by the people of Judah, the Jewish people. Bishnat mot hamelech achoz This pronouncement, or in the way I'm translating it, this burden was announced at the year of the death of Achaz. For a moment, we need to review some events from Chronicles, Divrayayam and Bet, Chronicles 2, and from Kings 2. In Chronicles, it's chapter 28, and Milachim Bet, Kings 2, chapter 18, in order to understand the burden to which Ishayahu is referring. The Philistines have been enemies of the people of Judah for many, many generations, and the wars between the Philistines and the people of Judah have been going back and forth for hundreds of years prior to the time of Ishayahu. In the days of Uzziah, who was the father of Ahaz and the grandfather of Chizkiyahu, the people of Judah overpowered the Philistines. However, in the days of Ahaz, the Philistines fought back. Ahaz, as we have seen before in our study of Ishayahu many times, ignored the advice of Ishayahu and turned to the Assyrians for help instead of turning to God, as Ishayahu had instructed him to do. In Divrayam and Bet, in Chronicles 2, chapter 28, the story is told about how Ahaz turned to Assyria, but God then gave the Philistines the upper hand because of the wickedness and the treachery of Ahaz, because Ahaz turned to Assyria, because he turned to other gods and not to God himself. And that Assyria, instead of coming to the aid of Ahaz, as he had requested, they ended up coming against him as well. Then, in the days of the son of Ahaz, Chizkiyahu, the people of Yehuda once again gained the upper hand against the Philistines. This is recorded in both Divrayam and Bet, Chronicles 2, and Melachim Bet, Kings 2. This was because of the faithfulness of Chizkiyahu to God. Now, Yeshayahu here is prophesizing about these events. But he adds another dimension which is very typical of Yeshayahu. While in Chronicles and Kings it is discussed how Chizkiyahu worshipped and was loyal to God, while his father Ahaz worshipped many idols, which was the reason why Ahaz lost to the Philistines, but God gave Chizkiyahu the upper hand and he conquered them, Yeshayahu emphasizes the moral dimension and he tells us what really made Chizkiyahu greater and more worthy of God's assistance against the Philistines than his father Ahaz. For Yeshayahu, it is always about justice and righteousness, always about how we treat the poor and the disadvantaged. It is always about humility and not arrogance. Remember, we just read how God crushed the Assyrians in Jerusalem at the time of Chizkiyahu. It is therefore the right time now for Yeshayahu to turn towards the downfall of the Philistines that happened at the same time period under the same king, the one who didn't turn to the Assyrians for help but to God only. Now we move on with the next verse. Um, the next verse, uh, 29. Don't be so happy, you Philistines, because you've beaten the people of Judah under their leader Ahaz because you've broken the staff that struck you when his father Uzziah had conquered you before. Why? Don't be so happy, Philistines, when you beat Ahaz. Because sometimes, from the root of a snake, from the wicked father Ahaz, there may still be poison left. A son may come out. And from a flying seraph, 
right? A flying angel, a good and powerful angel may arise from the evil father in the form of his righteous son named Chizkiyahu. What will happen under this righteous son? The firstborn children of the poor and the disadvantaged will graze along with the wealthy. The destitute will lie securely in the fields. And when this happens, Then I, God, will turn and kill your people, Philistines, with hunger and destroy the remnants of your nation. Most commentators understand that when it says the poor will graze, that is referring to the poor of Israel grazing in the destroyed and conquered fields of Philistia after the destruction of the Philistines. I am suggesting that that is not the point of this verse at all. But rather, Yeshayahu is teaching us that because the poor of Judah will be retreated with respect, and because Chizkiyahu will set up a kingdom based on that type of justice and righteousness, that is why the second half of the verse says that God will intervene on their behalf and defeat their enemy of the Philistines. Hey, Lili Shar Zakiir, cry out, you Philistines, because Chizkiyahu, the righteous king, is going to come to destroy you. Namog Pileshes Kulech, yes, you Philistines. Quake, you should shake in fear. Because, why? From the north, from the kingdom of Judah, the smoke is coming. Among his troops, there are no stragglers, there are no bodade. Because in Chizkiyahu's army is a very different type of army than the army of his father Ahaz. In the army of his father Ahaz, the poor were forced to fight. The morale was bad. In Chizkiyahu's army, where the poor are treated equally with respect, just like the rich, there are no stragglers. This army has morale. This army will defeat you. And what will the messengers of all the nations that witness this go home and say to the rest of the world? What will they say when they see Chizkiyahu and his soldiers conquering the Philistines? He will, they will say that God has finally established Zion. Why? Because the poor and the downtrodden can now finally find refuge and shelter in Jerusalem. This is what the Mamlache Hagoyim see. This is what the the kingdoms, the other kingdoms and nations will see. What message do they see? That when the poor can find refuge, that is when God has established himself and nothing can stop God himself. Thank you so much for listening to chapter 14. Looking forward to having you join us for our study of the next chapter of Yeshayahu, Isaiah 15.